Have you ever felt like life was just going great and all your hard work was finally paying off? Then life happens. Oftentimes, you have to change your entire life's path and your journey because we're women and that's what we do. Well, our next guest explains in her own words and experiences some pretty sensitive content of what she's going through to take care of her family and how she wants to help others who may be going through the same thing. She speaks her truths, and she now has the courage and strength to talk to you in order to help other women and families who may be going through the same thing. She's the founder of the Joss District, a certified trauma-informed coach, and a ridiculously beautiful human, Miss Alicia Wagner. I'm Mary Brucker, your host, and this is Women in What We Do. So welcome, my beautiful Alicia. Wow, we have a lot to talk about, don't we? Always. <laughs> Always. I want to first let our audience know a little bit about you and your profession. That's that's just fun to sit back and just process, right, my, my profession. So there's those people that wake up and say, oh, I want to go to college and I want to do this. And they go to school and they do that their whole life. And so, you know, I feel like maybe I should come up with a rap or something like this. Like, that's how involved it is, right? Like, it needs to be interesting. Um from a small town, went to the University of Toledo, was going to school for broadcast journalism, realized after two internships that that wasn't necessarily for me. I love writing. You've seen some of my stuff throughout the years. And it was just so prohibitive the way that it was going to be from a career standpoint, from allowing that authenticity. So I got into sales at a pharmaceutical company. That's its own story. I had no business. Like that was such a God thing. Got in, did that for seven years, and I love healthcare. Um, we'll get into more of that soon, but worked in pharmaceuticals close to seven years. I hired a life coach uh, about into year five and a half while I was doing that and just really hit the glass ceiling. I didn't know it existed. And I, I still think for women and young girls today, like my generation was certainly the ones that started to just, you can do anything. And, and there's truth to that. And then... There's not. And I think we'll talk a bit more about that today as well. But man, I, I hit that glass ceiling and it was like, right? Like that record screeching haul of like, what the beep is this? <laughs> right. And um, it really sent me into a depression. I didn't know how to navigate out of that. And so I fought it for a year, partied, had fun, and then just really realized, you know, this is not who you are. This is not what you're capable of. And so somebody had you know, mentioned a life coach. And I mean, this is 15 years ago and right. so it felt really foo-foo-y and like first of all as women right my gender like you don't need help like you can figure this out on your own which you know like our power is in asking for help so I hired this life coach changed my life literally after three sessions that I was like how do I how do I help more women find this so I went and got certified and trained that six year in my pharmaceutical journey you know I just tried to do some things there that I want to just uh, improve the culture and help more people. And I just got the head tap, right? Like get back to making us millions of dollars, please. That'd be really great. And so I had a decision to make. I could let go of the lucrative perks and the salary and all the things or stay and continue to be miserable. And it was literally like the cliff jump, right? I mean, I, I had people tell me they thought I was certifiably crazy because <laughs> it was the time they were laying everybody off, right? And I made the cut and like, what are you doing? So I left and I started my own life and business coaching practice, worked so hard to build that for five years, and then I had kids. And my first um, ended up having some pretty intense health 
issues that I thought we had maneuvered through. And so because of her food allergies at that time, 10 years ago, there was no organic. There was no no clean eating. So when there was this cat locally who had started this um, first concept of a restaurant like that, fell in love, said, I want to invest in the second one. I did. That's a real long story short. It fell apart. And it forced me to put my practice down that I spent five years building. And then I built the restaurant concept from the ground up by myself with not a whole lot of restaurant experience, which is, I mean, I think I earned three MBAs in (laughs) five years. And that's no joke. But again, things fell apart. My daughter's health got really, really bad. And I had to put it down. And I am just so humbled by what is my journey that I clearly do need to turn into a wrap because that was really long and needed to be, you know, (laughs) potentially um, a little bit more uh, creative. But that's my walk. And I think there's a lot of women out there like me, like there's those that have this traditional path. And then there's some of us that are peaks, valleys, ups, downs, sideways. And, you know, as women, I think we're just you know, people want us in a box and we don't fit. Yeah. And I want to go back a little bit because I don't think you give yourself enough credit of truly like the business build mm-hmm. that you had. You say things fell apart, but I, I mean, we've talked about it. Maybe things were, you know, falling into place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that maybe the restaurant business wasn't your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it taught me it was not. Was it Marilyn Monroe? Like certain things fall apart so better things can fall together. It's, right. It's something like that. And like you said, we have talked about that but man here's what happened in all of it and that whole death to self there are things we've picked up along the way that we talk about learning being important we have to unlearn certain things and there are things that just they no longer serve us and they need to die i'll never forget standing in the middle of the restaurant after we just launched it and i had like a crew of people there that i knew and the place was just falling apart right like we're in open and in my ego and when i say ego a lot of people don't really know what that means like that's just the stuff that's not us right and it's just getting poked and i i literally had like a spiritual moment like i'm sitting in the middle of this place and i'm like i just felt it all go away i mean it got me it literally touched every part of my cell dna soul and it just from that point on that day i just it's a sandwich Like like you people are waiting for a sandwich. Like my family hasn't seen me in months. Um, I have literally taken years off my life getting this place off the ground. And there's people that are worried about a sandwich. I just I learned so much from that moment that like grace and just meeting people where they're at and how hard I've been on myself and other people. And it literally was a spiritually defining moment. Right. Just letting go. And. I think there was other reasons why you needed to let go. Mm. I mean, you, you have other focuses yeah, and you I have do. other things to, to pay attention to. I always know you as as this spiritual being that yeah. is led to where you're supposed to be led. And where does that lead you now? Yeah. I hear women a lot or we get together and, you know, you have your wine and you talk and you get together and you complain. But, you know, people are like, gosh, I just wish things weren't so hard or I wish things came with instructions. And I'm a firm believer that they do. We just don't often like them. Like, oh, hey, here's what I'm going to do. And then God's like, hold my beer. Uh, you know, here's kind of yeah, what that's I... Cute. That's, that's really, yeah, that's cute. That's not what I had in mind. And and so, you know, I, I can see looking back where I just kept fighting some of that. And I think we do have the directions. It's, it's slowing down to speed up. And so when things fell apart, you know, my daughter's health, I mean, we talk about mental health these days. And 
we look at it through one lens, right? Like trauma, for sure. Two thirds of our population in the entire world has been traumatized. We look at mental health through that lens and we should because it's so big and that gives us burnout and that gives us stress. But what we also have to look at now are situations like my daughter, like we have so much toxic load going on in the world with chemicals and underlying infections and mold and Lyme. And we need to do a better job of just slowing down to speed up. And so I've learned so much from my daughter's health crisis, and I will call it that because I had to sell the restaurant after rebuilding it. And that wasn't my plan. And now that I've done that, I have learned just so much. Like we keep talking about mental health in this one bucket. And if we just really go upstream, we can see different things that are going on that it's like, well, we have more people on antidepressants now than we've ever historically had, but we have more people depressed and anxious than we ever had. So, I mean, we know talk therapy, we know medication, we know a lot of these areas that we've just been looking into. Like that's not the only way that we can go about addressing mental health anymore. We know a lot of people have things stuck inside of them from a physiological standpoint that's contributing to mental health symptoms. And, you know, we need to have bigger conversations around that. So you talk about, I had to to sell the restaurant. Mm-hmm. I mean, the podcast is called Women and What We Do, yeah. right? And I think this is a, a story of, of what we do. Mm-hmm. I feel like our generation has been duped. It was right at the time of the women's movement. Women can do anything. Women are empowered. And I I subscribe to every bit of that. What I think we have done a disservice to is we now have systems that are set up that we have empowered women to be independent. But yet, you know, the caseload at home, like it's not equal there. Or we now have one in two children in America who struggle with chronic illness and 30% of kids are school avoidant, which means they're not going to school. So it's impacting our workforce. It's impacting the ability for these kids to get the care that they need, which is ultimately falling on a lot of the parents because insurance doesn't cover it. Workplaces aren't getting, you know, getting up to speed on some of the changes that need to happen in order to surround these parents with the support that they need to be able to work and care well for their kids. And so it's a problem. Why I'm saying that is there are really hard decisions that parents and women are needing to make. It's been hard over the past five years, but certainly the past six months when I had to put the restaurant down. But I signed up to have this child and I'm learning, you know, so many parents, well, well, I'm just going to go stick them in this, this, and this, or I'm going to need to do this. Like I literally had to pull her out of school and do homeschool uh, from January through May. It wasn't, it wasn't accounted for. It just came out of nowhere. And so I think the reason a lot of parents, specifically moms, are struggling is we're, we're trying to work. We're trying to take care of these kids. We're trying to go to these events. We're trying to support our friends. We're trying to eat right. We're trying to work out. We're trying to do self-care. Like you, you take all of this into account and it's just, it's not feasible anymore. And I think one of the reasons that women are really struggling with it, and I hope if there's one point of doing this podcast with you today, is that your value and worth was never Alicia in the practice. Your value and worth, Alicia, was never in the restaurant. Your value and worth is in here. And so just putting it down over six months and that being so incredibly scary was that on the other side of it with her a million times better, and I wish we had many more hours to talk much more about this and maybe another day, but like it's completely pivoted that your purpose is always going to be there. You're always going to be there. These jobs can change. 
but your purpose is always going to stick with you. And so to your point earlier, right? Like I needed to put this stuff down, but I also like you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And it's one of my favorite quotes and that there may be a season in entire life where it's going to feel like it's in, it's rock bottom and it's not. It's the beginning. You talk about and I, I know you always talk to all women mm-hmm. and this is what women do and this is what they have to do. But how do you deal with this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard because. When I say faith, I know that means a lot of things for a lot of different people. You know, it was really lonely at times. I mean, you're one of my favorite people and we swing in and out and, you know, I get time with you sometimes and sometimes I don't. You know, social media is the devil and it's like, you know, amazing all at the same time. It's like how I've stayed connected and, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I mean, I've lost entire friend groups. You know, I have people that don't prescribe to understanding this type of medicine or understanding healthcare in a way that I now do. It's very controversial. So, you know, you start rocking some apple carts over here. Uh, You lose some people there. You know, I've had to cancel things last minute. It messes with your credibility because, well, she's not dependable. And it's like, well, I have a child who is sick, so you lose opportunities. So it it got really lonely at times. And so I leaned on the people that I knew I could, which kept me sane. But literally, like, just my faith and knowing that this was so much bigger than me and trusting that and, like, literally getting to the end of it. And I see now that this is bigger than me because, um, you know, suicide is the second leading cause of death in kids. And I want to say that on this podcast as an educational standpoint because this is what kids are, um, this is what kids are dealing with. And they need their parents right now. And it's more than just therapy for an hour once a month. There are massive changes and support that they're needing and that there will be parents who are going to have to make really tough decisions. And I'm here to say that they're worth them. I'm here to say that you still can have a career, uh, but things might look a little different with your friends. They might look a little bit different for certain seasons, but it there's you can never look back and say that doing the right thing for your family was the wrong thing. And so um, we have a lot of things that are going to change and look different for women moving forward. And that's why I was so incredibly um, grateful that when you asked to do this podcast, because we always talk about leveling up, right? And that's important. But I think there's currently a movement going on for women that we have to meet each other where we're at right now with where we are, with how the world's changing and say time out. Like we really need to slow down to speed up right now to figure out what these systems are going to look like how in the heck we're going to meet these kids where they're at right now um, because it's literally life and death. And you know what is crazy to me as women, I think we're so conditioned when somebody says, so how are you? Mm-hmm. Our, our automatic response is, I'm great, great, how are you? And you know, instantly turn it back. I, I think that that needs to change. Yeah. Don't you think it has though? I mean, you know, it's interesting. I'm sitting here already, like I'm feeling the energy, like just you and I. And I realize why we don't talk about this, you know, and because it's heavy and like we want this light, entertained, feel good dopamine response to everything. And I think it's why we don't talk about this stuff and why I think we need to. And so I feel it even with me and you and I know why it doesn't it doesn't happen. But like we have to understand that um, we need to. And you were always so good. Like you came and visited me a lot in the restaurant and I appreciated that when I was stuck. 
And I love that you bring up this point because I've never really been one, especially over the past five years. Like when somebody asked me how I'm doing, I, I always say how I'm feeling. Yeah. And it's heavy for people because I'd be like, you know, like it's not a good week. Like this happened. And and people just don't know. It's their own discomfort. It's that own trauma. But I think one of the biggest um, one of the biggest gifts as women that we could give each other is instead of just like like I mean literally a lasagna when you're when I if I was to go out of town for work and like John's at home or if I'm having a crazy like just doing something for our friends that like used to happen back in the day like what a like a gift right, right? like it's it's the little things that I'm noticing that we're just thought you know like hey you know a text message is nice or you know, you've done many of those too, and they meant so much, Mary. And I feel like we're like we were way overdue for this, and it took a podcast <laughs> to make it happen. But you know, I think being honest with each other about how we're really feeling, but like literally slowing down and looking at your friend group, and if it's one person, my God, still count your blessings. But if it's even a group of people that you have, like staring at them and just really figuring out, like, how can I help these human beings that are literally in front of myself right now and I truly think that's how we're going to move women forward right so let's talk about the children they're good Liv has pans pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric syndrome um, and you can tell I've learned how to say that one there's also pandas which it's the um, pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with streptococcus. And so this is, again, those things that are out there where we have what's called toxic overload. And toxic load is years worth of all these new things, chemicals and foods, GMOs, vaccines. You know, so that's going to make some people mad. I'm not here to say vaccines are bad. I'm saying kids' immune systems are different nowadays, that they react, some of them, differently to them. And so it gets a lot of people heated. We start saying certain words and throwing things out and people start losing their minds. And I think we have to stop that. I think we have to say, hey, let's just start listening through some of this stuff. And well, the research doesn't say. And it's like, well, no, you know, there's a, there's a whole group of people that are experiencing life and their children experiencing life a lot different to just listen to our stories and, and what's like, you know, make your decision after being knowledgeable about the information. But, you know, live when she was four, um, uh, had a virus that completely rocked her immune system. And we just, right, like from there had no idea. And it took us a few years to piece it together. But there's a lot of new acronyms out there, um, a lot of chemicals and just modern day living, we're calling it. It's just that you keep piling on these vulnerabilities and then you get the wrong, wrong thing and it just breaks these kids' immune systems. And so she now has food allergies. Um, you know, there's quite a bit. When she gets sick, it rocks her immune system every time. I'm, I want to protect, like, Liv's story to a certain extent. She's given me permission to talk about it because we want to help a lot more families. Right. But at the same time, like, to name something specific. But, you know, Jack was two when this started, and he's eight. And he's had, right, six good years of witnessing this as well. So it becomes a family affair. It certainly impacts the caretaker. It certainly impacts your marriage. It certainly impacts your relationship with your family. They don't believe a lot of things or take importance to why eating certain ways are important. It's just, it's disrupt, right? It disrupted needing to sell the restaurant. It disrupted our home life. It's disrupted everything, but it's like, again, it's taken all the puzzle pieces and put it down and, and then it's helped us rebuild. And it's helped me see where a lot more families are struggling. And that's, you know, that's where I'm going next is really taking a care navigation approach to 
helping more of these families find the right answers, find the right providers, find the right person to help them piece all this together, but keep it together because there's so many different moving parts. There's my daughter, there's myself, there's my husband, and there's my son. And, you know, my son has his own pieces through this that he's picking up because it's been hard for him from two years old on to watch. You know, our our family is doing well and much better. Um, taking Liv into homeschool in January, um, a lot more kids will need to come home for homeschool. Um, that's something we need to also get prepared for. But she's going back to school this fall. And, you know, it took six months of intense work and I hear from some people that I cross paths with well I couldn't have do, I couldn't have done that and it's like well you, you know you don't have a choice you're going to do what you have to do but I want other parents out there to know that they're not alone they have a place now to lean into and I can guarantee there's somebody listening right now who is going through probably mm -hmm. exactly where you are now or where you have been what do you need to tell them I heard a good quote the other day that makes me want to circle back to that question. This is not a problem to be solved. This is a person to be loved. And, you know, I could get emotional talking about it. I, I really, as her mom, I wanted to fix this. But sometimes to love the people closest to us, we're not going to be the one to do it. And I think that's like, that's, that's like a, that's a humanity principle, right? Like you just have to let go. And, you know, I loved her so much that um, I wouldn't say we wasted time because we still weren't getting the answers that we needed. But what I would tell some people listening right now is, look, if your kid's going through something and it's scary and, you know, it's embarrassing or you feel like no one else would understand and you're on the fence, lean into it. Just absolutely lean into it. Just get them the help that they need earlier. One and two kids have a chronic illness and it's suicide and I know that's a trigger word for a lot of people it is me too you know right. I have people out there I love and care about that that I've been impacted by that but we have to understand that this is a CDC statistic this is not Alicia Wagner sitting here today this is something we have to take seriously and that we need to start making movements around from a clinical standpoint from a support standpoint but as a parent this is what we can do the decision to decide to move forward to try to get the help that our kids need so that um, you know we can have a more robust world full of uh, adults and children who are functioning at the levels that they need and can be but we have to do things a little different than the way that we've been doing them well if there's one thing that I know about you is you'll make that happen if you ruffle feathers if you have tough conversations if you educate yourself uh, <laughs> to the point of hysteria you're you're going to do it and mm -hmm. you're going to create amazing differences in people's lives and I love you for it I, I mean, love you too sis that is uh, such a, a powerful thing I think we we need to have this conversation again I yeah. think there's a couple other deep dives that we need to get into mm -hmm. one being the ruffling feathers yeah, part. Girl. <laughs> yes. I think that's an, an important conversation one of our, our other guests uh, said you know if not me then who mm -hmm. and I think that that's such a, a great uh, 
way to describe you is what you would say. If not me, then who? So you're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because we are women, and that is what we do. That is what I we am do. so grateful that, that you're here. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, and we have tons more to talk about. I love you. Thanks love for you. having me, Thank sis. So my favorite line today, you can do anything, but may not be able to do everything. It's definitely something I need to do a better job thinking of. As you heard today, childhood epidemics are statistically a growing problem. And I know there may have been some sensitive topics that not everybody may feel the same about. I get it. But Alicia explains, no matter what your views are, sometimes our children need more than our help to fix. It is our responsibility, though, to love them unconditionally. Because we're women, and that is what we do. Please, if you're one of those parents out there, seek support and educate yourself and know you are not alone. Thank you so much for sharing your heart today. You will make a difference for sure. And thank you to my producer, Ms. Sierra Ortiz, and my executive producer and post-production guru, Mr. Chris Pfeiffer and to you, the listeners. If you like what you heard today, or even if you didn't, please continue to tune in and hear more amazing stories of women around us. Go to wgte.org slash what we do and drop us a line. We'll see you next time on Women and What We Do. And remember, always speak up. We do. WGTE. Voices around us. WGTE is supported in part by American Rescue Plan Act funds allocated by the City of Toledo and the Lucas County Commissioners and administered by the Arts Commission.